quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, Yes Guy. Here we go again. Episode number 71 of Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Jim Taddy and Perry Left go with you. Perry, how are you this week, sir? Doing great. How about yourself? Very good. Everything's moving along nicely. Coming up on the show very shortly, Mike Ross, the PA announcer, with his uh, return appearance. And he's the PA announcer for the Leafs. Keith Hampshire will stop by. He's the voice on OK Blue Jays. And uh, a replay of our conversation with Rod Masters. He's the organist from Slapshot and the Seattle Kraken. So we had him on a couple of months ago. We'll replay that for you as we celebrate Easter weekend. And, of course, we finish off with a robust Yes, guy, no guy. Before we get going, looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, has 27 award-winning years of real estate experience. So looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call him or text him at 647-292-8886. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka, Charles Park will not be at work by anybody. And introducing Fox 40's new premium whistle, the Fox 40 Titan. In a sleek titanium body, the Titan emulates the authentic sound of the Fox 40 Classic. Available now in titanium, gold, or matte black. Go to fox40shop.com for that. Let's bring in our good friend Rossi, Mike Ross, PA announcer for the lease. Rossi, how are you this morning? I'm good, fellas. How are you doing? Good, good. So, you know, I just we had you on a couple of weeks ago. And we, we just scratched the surface. So, so let's go back into the booth. You're in the booth at Scotiabank Arena. I mean, what is that booth like? It is, uh, it's, it's manufactured by a company called uh, Whisper Rooms, and so it's a, it's a soundproof booth, and I'd say it's probably about um, maybe eight feet by three feet, uh, probably at the most. Uh, it's got a, a big window at the front of it, so it allows me to look out into the arena, but the best part of it is the soundproof uh, nature of it, which means that... As I'm announcing things into the arena, I'm not getting any type of delay. I'm not getting any type of feedback coming back at me. The speakers in the arena, uh, a whole bank of them are right across from me, uh, hanging over the ice. So uh, it can be a little bit distracting if you're announcing at a at a, an arena where you're not in a quiet room like that. So uh, it's quite helpful. Um, it is it's extremely comfortable through most of the season. When you get into this time of year and then into the playoffs, it tends to get a little bit warmer in that room. Um, but in the dead of winter, there's no better place to sit and watch a game in that arena as everybody else kind of shivers in the 12 degrees. You seem to get excited, obviously, when you're announcing goals. I think the name that excites you more than anyone else is Nylander. Correct me if I'm wrong. And how do you come about, say, really generating excitement about announcing a player's name? I think Perry, it started for me when I was in uh, the announcer for the Ottawa 67s in the OHL, and um, I don't know. I certainly, if you if you think of the the announcers that sort of influenced me when I was coming up, the Paul Morrises of the world, the Bob Shepherds of the world. Um, they weren't that type of announcer, but um, you know, with the with my arrival in the OHL, I used to draw out 
um, on the word uh, 60 as, in 67. So, you know, the Ottawa 67s. And it just got such a reaction out of the crowd. Like, I can remember the booth that I had at that point, it, it was an open-air booth, and I would sort of just hang over the edge of the booth, and I could see the crowd below me, and I could really sense their reaction, their excitement off of that simple call. So much so that one of the local writers um, at the time had, had picked up and wrote a little blurb on it. And so that always sort of stuck with me. Um, and, you know, when I was doing the World Juniors, I sort of picked up on that a little bit with um, with, with Team Canada uh, playing here. Max Domi was, uh, was one of the guys here. But Nylander, William Nylander, was playing in that tournament as well. And so I, I kind of picked up on the fact that Leaf fans were kind of excited at seeing him for the first time. And... And I just sort of took that experience that I had with with the junior hockey and with some of the names that I did there, and translated it into um, into the Maple Leafs. And um, I'd be lying if I say I don't sit there and kind of think about how to do a player's name. And everyone every name is different, so you have to sort of take a different approach to each player's introduction. So some guys, I'll go a little bit longer on their first name. Some guys, I'll go a little with Nylander. It's the one syllable of his last name. But it's whatever I think sounds good um, to uh, to my ear. And uh, I'm glad you picked up on it because that's the one name that I get, I think, the most feedback on as far as fans really enjoying that call is uh, is William Nylander's name. Okay, of contrast, when the visiting team scores, I mean, you you have to, I mean, you just backpedal here, don't you? I mean, that's a different mindset, isn't it? It uh, In the NHL PA announcers community, we call those disinterested reads. Um, <laughs> and, 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 I mean, it's the perfect description for it. Because, I mean, I, I don't want to sound, um, you know, gloomy and glum about it because you know take take uh just a, a couple of nights ago when the buffalo sabers were in town and uh, owen power local kid making his nhl debut and he's got a ton of friends and family in attendance his grandma is taking in her first uh, uh game at scotia bank arena watching her grandson make his nhl debut I don't want, if I had to announce an Owen Power goal or assist, I don't want to come across as being, you know, all glum and gloomy about it. But he plays for the visiting team, so I'm not, I'm not going to do vocal cartwheels for it either. So in that case, it's really just about relaying the information. And I, it's the same sort of thing that you'll hear me do on a Maple Leafs penalty. I'm not going to be jumping up and down on that i just relay the information straight laced here it is and you know when when i'm doing a visitor goal it's the same thing when i'm doing our goals our and, and penalties against the the visiting team you got to pump those up absolutely so as austin matthews is scoring goal after goal and joe bones getting cranked up on the radio are you getting cranked up about being able to say austin matthews a hundred percent. When he scored his 50th goal, it was the first time in my six seasons with the Maple Leafs that I actually 
recorded a video of myself announcing a goal. And I don't, I mean, it just struck me as being such a special goal and there was so much buildup and anticipation for it that it just felt right to record it. I shared it on my Twitter account and it is the uh, most widely watched, viewed tweet uh, that I've ever put out there, ever. I mean, it's, it, it was viewed over 215,000 times. And um, like the reaction to it was just unbelievable. So there's, there's no doubt that it's it's just such a it's been such a fun thing to watch, and he's just such an impressive player to watch. And to think of the, the growth that you know we've been able to witness in his game from his first season to to this year, uh, it's just been an unbelievable ride. And I absolutely love announcing his name and I know that the fans love to hear it. So along those same lines, I mean, you've had to announce a lot of things in, in your role as the PA announcer for the Leafs, some of them not pleasant. When, when you look back, I'm putting you on the spot, I have to admit that, but when you, you look back on it, I mean, obviously sometimes you're going to get a, a little tingle down your spine and sometimes you're going to have to dial back the emotion. What jumps off the page that way for you? I think, you know, some of the uh, more interesting times to to be an announcer is in some of the uh, some of the pregame uh, ceremonies that we have, and um, they they can be really exciting. Where you've got uh, you know Canadian Forces Night a couple of years ago, where we reunited a a family with uh, with a member of the Canadian Forces. They hadn't seen the, the, their dad and, and husband in, in quite a while, and we surprised them with him showing up at center ice. They thought they were there just to drop a puck. Um, another night, like we, we have our Canadian Forces recognition moment every night where a member of the Maple Leafs Alumni Association presents a commemorative jersey to a member of the Canadian Forces. And uh, I just remember uh, Bobby Bond being there one night, unbeknownst to his grandson, who was our troop of the night, and presenting him with that jersey. It was a phenomenal moment, and the video is, is out there online. If you ever get a chance to see it, it's, I mean, it still gives me goosebumps. But um, on the other side of that coin are moments like, um, you know, the Humboldt Broncos, a moment of silence. Um, and, and, and the fact that that, that had happened mere hours before our game, and and so many people we hadn't even really processed it and i remember somebody sending me a message that day and and pointing out that hey you know no pressure there's just millions of people that are going to be watching your moment of silence tonight and 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 thinking about those families those players and those are the ones that you 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 can't you can't goof up you can't make a mistake You've got to hit the right tone. You've got to hit the right amount of, of, of reverence and uh, of, of emotion without being emotional. And that one of, of the ones I've done, um, that one stands out. Anytime one of our players uh, passes on and we have a moment of silence there, um, always tough moments. So, so you're right, Jim. I mean, on one side of the coin, there there are, there are those pregame ceremonies which 
um, you know, you can really bring some uh, some pleasantness to and, and, and some joy to. And there are others where uh, you need to step it back. You need to really be aware of what the moment is and, and just what type of emotion the moment requires. Mike, thanks for taking us into the booth. Really appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Uh, it's Mike Ross, PA announcer for the Leafs. If you're an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive, exclusive coaching, yes, guy, exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call Charles at 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. And master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. This is YESGUY, the radio show on TSN 1050. It's Sky the Radio Show. Jim Taddy and Perry Lipko with you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley is ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. You may remember the song, OK, Blue Jays, and the voice on it belongs to this guest, Keith Hampshire. Keith, welcome. How are you? Well, I'm fine. Uh, life is good. That's good. Um, so tell us about this song, because it's baseball season, and people are going to sure have this song in their minds again. How about that game last night? Vladimir. Oh, the guy blows me away. He's incredible. Um, oh, you want to know about the song? Okay, many, many years ago, um, the Blue Jays commissioned uh, a couple of um, jingle writers in Toronto to write a song to go on a, um, a promotional video that they were putting together to try and generate interest in uh, the team. And uh, this was, you know, early days when they actually needed to generate interest in the team. And uh, so anyway, they um, commissioned these guys to write this song. Uh, the guys wrote this song, and then they went and auditioned uh, a bunch of guys. Uh, I don't know how many, uh, 20, 30, I don't know how many guys were auditioned. But um, uh, I won the audition, whoop-de-doo, and, and uh, proceeded to go in the studio and record the song that I had no idea would become uh, such an anthem uh, in, years, in years to come. So uh, that's how the song all came about. Well, I wanted to ask you the question. First of all, Keith, Jim and I both have grown up in your era, so we're vintage people, but we remember you from your TV show. We remember you from the songs that you made. And I wanted to know, at what point did you become aware that this song had traction? When I got a gold record. <laughs> Um, yeah, I was uh, sitting reading the paper one day, having uh, having a coffee, and um, I noticed a very tiny little blurb in the corner of the uh, of the entertainment section said that um, uh, OK Blue Jays, the theme song for the um, baseball team, had just been certified gold by the Canadian Record Industry Association, whatever. And uh, I thought to myself, oh, my God, a, a gold record. Why, well, I've never had one of those. I'd love one. So I phoned up the record company and, and asked if I, could, uh, if I could get a copy or get a gold record, you know, to hang on my wall. And uh, 
after a lot of um, uh, being transferred from one department to the next, to the next, to the next, finally uh, somebody um, uh, remembered who I was or something, I don't know, because I was with that record company uh, to begin with years and years previous. So anyway, they... um, uh, they finally said, "Yeah, yeah, we'll send, we'll we'll send it to you." They took my address and whatever, and um, oh, about four or five weeks later, there's a knock at the door, and it's a um, UPS or FedEx or 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 somebody, and they say special delivery for Keith Hampshire, and I went, "Oh, terrific! It's my gold record, Yahoo!" And they said that'll be eighty-one dollars, please. And that's <laughs> when 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 the 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 joy sort of went out of the uh, but it's uh, it's 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 hanging in a place of prominence behind my toilet in the bedroom in the bathroom so um yeah it's uh, i'm still proud of it very proud yeah well, we can remember 1972, daytime, nighttime, number five in Canada. First cut is the deepest, 1973, number one in Canada. 1973, also big-time operator, number five in Canada. But the vocal stylings in OK Blue Jays is slightly different. How did you get that? Well, I listened to the track, and um, I thought to myself, my God, that that sort of sounds like a Randy Newman song, you know? So I, I sort of gave it a Randy Newman twist. I'm, I've always been uh, one to... Uh, emulate other singers and uh yeah i mean some people would say randy newman he's not a singer well he is a singer and he has a distinctive style so that's that's sort of what i did on that song have you ever had an an occasion to go to the blue jays game and to actually hear the song so in other words you're there you're hearing your voice and hearing all these people getting into that song uh every year i go uh two or three times i take my grandson and he sort of turns and he looks at me and he smiles like that's my papa. Um, yeah, I uh, I go regularly. I'm I'm the the biggest Blue Jays fan in the world. I was some disappointed when uh, um, they held out for the lockout this year because uh, I was in Florida, um, ready to go to Dunedin to catch spring training games. I had a half a dozen paid for. And then they went and refunded my money and said, you can reapply. And I thought, wait a minute, I, I, I have special seats that I like to sit in. Um, if I have to sit in the sun, I don't think I could do that. So uh, anyway, that's sort of what happened there. Let's go back to your, uh, your TV show, the, the Music Machine. I mean, this is from another world, right, compared to what we do now. another world. The show that um, um, uh, um, CBC uh, didn't know what to do with had no idea what to do with it, and consequently, they have erased all the tapes. Every single Canadian performer who uh, was um, making any kind of noise in those days is now uh, officially wiped. You just re- we just referenced the first cut as the deepest. Now, Cat Stevens recorded that song. It's been recorded multiple times. What was it about that song that you you said you know I want to take a crack at it? Well, um, uh, uh, going back in time, 1966, 1967, I had the opportunity to go to England, and I worked on a pirate radio ship in the uh, in the North Sea, and uh, we played all kinds of uh, fabulous music back then. I like to think of it as the uh, 
um, uh, the the golden years of rock and roll. Uh, there are those who would would disagree, but um, those were the years that really affected me. And I heard the song in England by a girl by the name of P.P. Arnold, who was on tour with Ike and Tina Turner, and uh, she uh, was one of the Ikeettes. Anyway, she uh, had the opportunity to record the song. It was a hit in England, but because it was on this obscure um, record label that uh, didn't really have very good North American um, distribution, it was uh, n- never released over here. Or if it was released, it wasn't promoted. So I thought, oh, my God, here's the song. It's obviously a hit. I should go in and and record that. And, and when I went in to record it, it was just one of um, – uh, a dozen songs that we were putting on an album, but it it we sort of got into it as we were recording it and went, holy dude, we got a beauty here. Well, I mean, you're talking about being a broadcaster on a pirate ship for music, um, and you go back to uh, your show, the, the the Music Machine, and that was the only way to see some Canadian acts. If you compare that world to this world, there couldn't be a, a better contrast, could there? No, that's for sure. I mean, we had we had groups. Uh, we had Rush, their very first television appearance. We had Clatu, uh, that was uh, supposedly the Beatles, that um, <laughs> nobody nobody knew. And um, uh, we had we had them all. We had Lighthouse. We had uh, Ian Thomas. We had all the all the great Canadian acts that uh, went on to uh, uh, you know international fame. And um, the CBC, in their infinite wisdom, has wiped each and every one of those shows. Well, you just mentioned that the two people that, that did uh, OK Blue Jays, one of them's name is Tony Kozenek. I know this because my brother's in the music industry. He had a song called um, All Things Come From God and didn't really, wasn't able to get another hit song after that. Now, you had one hit song. You probably had two or three. How difficult is it to have that one hit song and how difficult... Is it that repeat it? Well, uh, um, Tony was one of the one of the performers on my television show. As a matter of fact, he sang that song. All things come from God. He was um, he was on. It was a great production, a great song. Um, you're right. It should have been a monster, but the thing was that it was on again on an obscure record label, and and unless you have uh, um, a, a big label with uh, all kinds of promotion and a track record behind you, um, it's very hard to get noticed at radio stations because they get dozens and hundreds of records each and every week. So it's hard to sift through the. Uh, the flotsam and the jetsam to uh, to find something that uh, that's you know really really um, affects you and uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a song that um, uh, uh, that was a big hit oh Anne Murray Snowbird for example was the B side of a song called Biting My Time and um, for some reason a disc jockey in Cleveland Ohio flipped it over and played Snowbird and Snowbird took off like a rocket. Um, but she was on a major label, and uh, uh, and of course it was a great song. But uh, if that uh, disc jockey in Columbus o- or Cleveland, Ohio, hadn't flipped it over, uh, we never would have heard um, Snowbird, and we probably wouldn't have heard of Van Murray. Have you been able to uh, to recreate yourself or move on to different things in life? You do a lot of radio commercials. Your voice is used in a lot of different things. 
how how appealing is that to you in terms of being able to do something else beyond which I guess was your original um, you know start in the in the in the entertainment music career? Well, the the thing was that I came to a I came to a kind of a crossroads when CBC canceled the television show. They canceled the show after two years. We'd done fifty shows, five zero. And um, uh, CBC needed my camera crew to go to Montreal to do some sort of, um, um, I can't remember what it was. But uh, anyway, they uh, they needed my crew, so they canceled the show. And um, where's, where was I going with this? Hang on a minute. Uh, it'll all come back to me. Um, uh, oh, so anyway, I, I, like I say, I came to a crossroads where I had to uh, decide what the hell I was going to do with my life. And uh, um, a friend of mine, who a, a brilliant man by the name of Tom Reed, who was my a best man at my wedding, uh, he said, listen, if you want to pursue this uh, music thing, he says, I'll be your manager. I said, okay, let's, terrific, let's go. He said, okay, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in ten years? Yada, yada, yada. And so I, I gave him an outline, and he said, okay, in order for you to do that, First of all, we need to uh, get a band together. We're going to hire a band, um, uh, probably eight to ten players. Uh, so we'll start auditioning guys now, and we'll put a band together, and then we'll rehearse. We'll rehearse for oh, a month, maybe two, so you'll be paying the guys as they're rehearsing. And he says, and then when your record starts to pop in, let's say, Albuquerque, New Mexico, he says, I will book you into the best uh, venue in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then if your record starts to happen in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, I'll book you guys into the best place in Regina. And he says, and so it goes. And he says, uh, so I, I, I want you to be ready because um, you're going to be on the road about 48 to 50 weeks of the year. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, no, <laughs> he said. But but that's what you have to do to to be a success in this business. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not ready to do that. Um, is there no other way? He said, No. I said, Well, Harry Nilsson doesn't tour. He said, You're not Harry Nilsson. I went, Oh yeah, you're right. I'm not. <laughs> so um, I decided then to um, step away from the the the, the record industry and uh, concentrate on something else. So I started doing um, uh, um, radio and television commercials, and uh, I started selling people things. And uh, it, was, it, was, um, it was fulfilling because I still got to um, hear and see myself on, on, on media, let's put it that way. And uh, it was... Uh, uh, I was able to stay at home with my beautiful wife and my beautiful children on a beautiful farm just north of Toronto and uh, commute to the city. It was an uh, idyllic lifestyle. Well, you know, that's envious. I mean, you, you had everything. You had your priorities set. Keith, thanks very much. Nice to connect with you and appreciate your time this morning. You're very, very welcome. Thanks for calling. That's Keith Hampshire. This segment is sponsored by Brailey Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Brailey, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braileyadvisors.com. 
With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Stay safe and stay heard with the Fox 40 electronic whistle, producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. The electronic whistle is perfect to bring along for any outdoor activity. And don't forget to use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Fox40shop.com. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Wow. Those are the keyboard stylings of Rod Masters from the movie Slapshot, and Rod is now the organist with the Seattle Kraken, and he's with us now. Rod, welcome. How are you today, sir? Thank you very much. Yes, indeed. That all sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Good to be here. <laughs> so, look, our pleasure to have you. So, so there's a bit of a gap between Slapshot and now. How did you? How did you fill that gap? I have been working as a musician the whole time. I was kind of a beginner professional musician at the time I did Slapshot, and uh, I was playing in lounges and rock bands and uh, so on and so forth, and got a lot of a lot of playing since then and lived in a lot of places and a lot of experience. So that's what I've been doing. Oh, from, from Nashville to Vegas and Austin and even uh, Alaska I played, but that but also, I traveled, you know, uh, worldwide. Did a lot of traveling everywhere. But I working as a musician. Rod, you never got a credit from the film Slapshot because you didn't utter one line. Do you feel after all these years you are finally getting your just desserts? That's exactly the way I feel. I, I'll never forget the day I went in and watched the movie for the first time in the theater. And my name was not at the end. My heart was broken. But, um, you know, I can always just tell people I was there. And, of course, all the people that I knew in Johnstown knew know me and, and knew I was in the movie. And it's a pretty cool part. <clears throat> but um, I never really talked to anybody about it after that. You know, I never, I never dreamed of playing in, in an arena, especially like the one here in Seattle. <laughs> So take us through. How did you get that role in the movie, and 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 how many how many scenes ended up in the cutting room floor? Um, on the cutting room floor, what do you what do you mean? Well, I mean, how many things did you do that didn't end up in the movie, or was it just the one oh, scene and that was it? Okay, yeah. Um, well, I was actually the real reason that I got in the movie was because I worked in a music store in Johnstown. Pennsylvania, where they're shooting the movie, and um, uh, and as far as I know, they didn't. I didn't do any. Uh, or, or remember that I didn't do any scenes that that were actually cut. Of course, like like the one where I got hit in the head with a slap shot. Uh, I mean, we went over it several times. A lot of those got thrown out, but that, but it's still the you know they kept the scene. <laughs> but. Uh, that it also, I I knew a few of the guys that were in the movie, but that isn't why 
uh, I got the part at all. Like Paul Newman's brother, Art Newman, used to come in every night and play drums with us. I was playing in the, in the lounge at the Sheraton where everybody stayed. And uh, he came ahead of all the movie people to help get things set up and ready to go for all the actors and and the entourages and the production team and so forth. Ron, I have to ask you a very serious question. Do you wear a helmet when you're doing your games at the uh, for the Kraken? You know, at first, they were having me wear the helmet all the time. And just the last game or two, they said, I don't have to wear the helmet all the time. <laughs> they said, only when I play Lady of Spain. So uh, <laughs> and playing Lady of Spain is usually a night, nightly thing. It's very rare that I don't play that now. <laughs> And I don't think I've played it since since I was in movie Slapshot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the Lady of Spain scene in Slapshot, how many takes was that, and what was it like to have Paul Newman come up from behind you and rip your music? It was a very surreal experience. <clears throat> I've always been a, I was always a Paul Newman fan, and uh, I just tried to block that out of my mind. Even though I was a young professional uh, musician I was uh, able to just focus on what I was supposed to be doing and not worry about the surrounding area you know uh, just do your job and, but um, yeah it was I think I might have faded when I get, finally got out of there but <laughs> it was unbelievable yes go Rod, the, the movie itself became a cult. For any kid playing hockey, everyone knew Slapshot. Were you aware of how big that film became? You know, it was one of those films uh, that just has stood the passage of time. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know that Slapshot had become such a cult at, through all these years. Because I've never really been a, a hockey fan. I just played the organ in a movie. And I, that was my part. And I've only been to a few hockey games. Uh, and I had no idea that Slapshot was still, you know. I mean, with my friends from Johnstown that I still talk to quite often, you know, every time I talk to them, they, they always have a, uh, a Slapshot line to say, you know, a quote from Slapshot. And, uh, but I didn't know there was, like, thousands and thousands of people like that <laughs> but i found out now yeah you know the people recognize me and everything else when i come out of the arena at at uh in seattle it's just unbelievable and i never thought that i would be able to use the fact that i was in Slapshot. i could use that as a getting a job if i wanted one <laughs> and it really is and in fact i wasn't even looking for a job when i got this one I'd retired. <laughs> well, like, you know, this this is a sort of a traditional sound, so you've been playing the organ at hockey games uh, most of your life, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to substitute organ with keyboard so I don't sound rude. Has the keyboard okay. that you play changed over the years, or are you using the same keyboard because it, it sounds the same? Yeah. Uh, keyboards, electronic keyboards today, even though they're portable, I've come such a long way since the old Farfisa days. And it, uh, 
you can get them to sound like just about anything. And, uh, and of course, organ would be one of the big things. Uh, and, yeah, you can make it sound like a, a church organ or a hockey arena organ or Hammond B3 pop sound, you know, organ, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it has a pretty good sound. Uh, I'm, I am in the market for a new organ. My, even my portable keyboards, even though I use them for years, uh, like I said, I retired a couple of years ago. So they're they're kind of aged, and and they're getting the job done. But I'd I'd rather have a proper organ with bass pedals and two manuals and and so forth. That's more more for hockey type things. So I'm I'm looking forward to doing that really soon. Rod, do you sing? Have you ever sang "Lady to Spain"? Uh, I've never sang the whole song. Uh, sometimes when I hear it, it'll be stuck in my head, and I'll be humming it and singing it a little, little bit. But I really don't know the words. Uh, maybe the first couple couple of lines: "The Lady of Spain, I adore you," right from the first time I saw you. And that's really. The only thing I remember, I, I took that, I learned that song when I was a kid, when I was taking organ lessons. So it was kind of funny that when I sat down at the organ, the first thing that George Roy Hill, the director, asked me to do is what, he just looked at me and goes, play Lady of Spain. And he liked the way I did it. And so I was in. And I guess I think my nerdy look kind of might have had something to do with it. Because there were a lot of people auditioning for the job. I, never, I couldn't believe I got it. Well, Rod, it's a tradition on this show for a guest to say yes, guy. So can you say yes, guy, for us, and can you sing it? Lady of Spain, okay, yes, guy. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. And I'll do my best. It's pretty early in the morning here. But it's Lady <laughs> of Spain, I adore you. <laughs> Uh, right from the night I first saw you. But I, actually, I got one right here in front of a keyboard. Here. <laughs> yes, There you go. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so now, now that you have the keyboard in front of you, uh, who inspired you? I mean, I, I think of... Um, keyboards in, in rock i think of uh, billy preston and, and rod argent who was your inspiration actually yes through the years billy preston actually he, he was a very influential uh, uh piano player or and organ player uh and there's been a lot through the years uh you know of course like elton john and billy joel and people like that i'm a kind of a pop guy and but they are still excellent great musicians and i'm they inspire me. But at the time when I learned to play the organ, I was uh, six years old, and we every time we'd go to church, we had an old, old player piano in our house. And I'd listen to the hymns, and I'd come home and play them. And that's when my mom and dad decided to give me some lessons, even though we couldn't afford it. But uh, I did it, and it, it sure has beat uh, working for a living. <laughs> Well, if if Lady of Spain is your most popular song, what's the what's the favorite song that you like to play on the organ? On the organ, wow! Um, I like playing Malaguena. I've always loved that song. The Spanish uh, mm. song is like uh, 
you so much for your time and, and all the best yes guys and thank you thank you guys uh, for having me it's my, my pleasure our thrill rod masters ladies and gentlemen from Slapshot and the seattle kraken organ booth or loft which i think he's uh, <clears throat> excuse me he may be in there right now he's he's cranking on some tunes so on the way out, uh, we'll have Yes Guy, No Guy coming up next. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. He specializes in mortgage financing for purchases, refinances, home equity line of credit, and private lending. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTG Dean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Stay safe and stay heard with the Fox 40 electronic whistle producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. The electronic whistle is perfect to bring along for any outdoor activity. And don't forget to use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to Fox40Shop.com. This is YESGUY, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes, guy. No guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the official Yes Guy, No Guy on Yes Guy, the radio show. Perry Lefko, go ahead, sir. You are a believer in Scotty Too Hotty Scheffler. Oh, yes, guy. Even though he stick-handled on the last hole and it cost you money. But, yes, guy, I do believe in Scotty Scheffler. How about yourself, guy? Well, now that you've added insult to injury because he cost me money, <laughs> yes, I still believe in Scotty Scheffler, but it, it dented into my bank account. How's that guy? Well, that's a pretty good guy. It just goes to show you when you're supposed to do something, you'll do it. And if he had done that at any other time, it would have cost him big time. Yes, guy, no guy from here. After a week of Tiger, you think he will win again? Yes, guy, no guy. Yes, he will win again. It will be in some nondescript tournament, but... Having said all that, I am more impressed by what he did last week, even not even coming close to winning, than all the times that he's won. How about you, Guy? I think he's going to win again. I was impressed because you could see the, the golf genius that the guy is. There was that look on his face as he's sort of recalculating because his shots are all different, especially out of the tee box. And he's You could see him figuring out what to do. And obviously he had the physical element to battle, but he's going to be back. Go ahead, sir. He wanted the Masters because he knows that course. Now, if he goes to another course, he won't be able to do what he did. Are you talking Scheffler? I'm talking, I'm talking about um, Tiger. Oh, Tiger. Well, yeah, no. Well, he's going to play where he's comfortable. That's why he's going to the British Open, right? So, yeah, I think there's an element of that. So that's okay. I mean, he's coming back from, from major surgery and, and a big, big leg problem. So I, I don't have any problem with that. I'll say yes, guy, to what you said there. Um, yes, guy, no guy. Organists are still vital at hockey games. <laughs> guy, I think <laughs> we went over this once before. I like organists, but I'd rather hear loud rock music 90% of the time. No guy. Classic rock. I just, it's part of the, part of the fab fabric of a, a hockey game. You got dude over in the corner playing on the keyboards. Go ahead, sir. Vladdy Guerrero will, will hit more home runs than Austin Matthews will score goals this year. Oh, nice question. 
Uh, I'm going to say no, guy. Sorry, guy. That's a lofty <laughs> expectation. Jeez. Where are you with this stuff? That's crazy. Guy, you don't think you don't think he'll get like 55 to 60 home runs this year? I, I oh boy, that's I, no, I guy, I it's know, gonna I, happen. You think he's gonna get over 60 home runs? Yeah, well, yeah, I think he'll get over 60 home runs. Okay, guy, well, relax. I'm just being, you know, cautiously optimistic. And on that note, I want to thank our guest, Mike Ross. Keith Hampshire, and Rod Masters from Slapshot and the Seattle Kraken. Hope you enjoyed Episode 71 of Yes Guy. Hope you come back next week and join us for Episode 72. All I can say after that is Yes Guy.